Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And welcome to the show. We have a special one. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about Lost Boys. Yep. That's the the movie of the week. And I apologize. This episode is later than we planned, but we had no internet. Yeah. We've (laughs) had some. record and post. So. We've had some. Uh production problems yeah it was it was out for a while so that's why but you've gotten some updated content we didn't leave you hanging Mm -hmm. yeah we did post that interview with metal joe yes i was gonna say joe's joe's empire interview is out now Mm -hmm. that's our latest uh episode so go Mm -hmm. ahead and check that out yeah we met him at spooky empire Mm -hmm. and we did see him at spookala as well yeah Mm-hmm. and passing yeah. yeah i tried to talk with him but i was we were so so much busier there mm-hmm. so i'm hoping when we do their 20th show this year in october in mm-hmm. october so we're going to three shows yeah one in september that's 90s con mm-hmm. you can just look at the board if but if two you, in october and two in october so first one is in 90s con in tampa that's mm-hmm. uh like the 15th through the 19th 17th 17th i'm sorry mm-hmm. so you can find us there mm-hmm. and then we're gonna go to spook ola spookala mm-hmm. in tampa mm-hmm. um that's the first weekend th- that's in the october. first weekend of october it's like fourth to the sixth mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and then spooky empires at the end of the month right before halloween yep yeah so okay you ready for me to dive in Yes. The Lost Boys? Yes. All right. So our very brief description. After moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. That's a conundrum right there. Mm-mm-mm. It sure is. So this movie was rated R, genre horror comedy for this one. 
Director is Joel, Joel Schumacher. Producer Harvey Bernhard. Um, and then writer Jeffrey Bohm, Jan Fisher, and James Jeremias. Sorry if you're watching this. Our oldest dog, Raven, is <laughs> chewing on a ball, if you can hear it. Yes. And refusing to give it up because she is old and cranky. Yes. If you can hear it in the background, I apologize. It is what it is. <laughs> I tried to get it out of it. You can't get that from her. She's not going to She's not going to let me have it. No. All right. So cinematography was completed by Michael Chapman. The camera they used is a Panavision Panaflex Gold with Panavision E-Series lenses to shoot it. This movie came out on July 31st, 1987, and its budget was an estimated $8.5 million. That's a lot, especially for back then. Yep, and its box office gross was $31.7 million in the U.S. Okay, so, so it made its budget back. It did. Its runtime is an hour and 37 minutes, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Okay. So we actually haven't seen, bless you, we haven't seen Warner Brothers pop up a lot. No. When we're doing horror movies, actually, for us, to what we've covered so far. Especially them distributing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this movie has a lot of great stars in it. So um, Jason. uh, Patrick. Patrick plays Michael. Kiefer, can you believe? Kiefer Sutherland. He's in this movie. My mother hated him as an actor. Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah, mm-hmm. she just couldn't stand, stand him. Oh, well, I think he did a good job. But yeah, I, I think he did a, a young good job Kiefer, too. Yeah. Corey Haim is Sam. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Gertz is Star. Corey Feldman is Edgar. We have Edward Herman in here as Max. Are you kidding me? Is that from Twilight? No, Edward Herman is from the Gilmore Girls. That's right. He's the grandfather. I'm, sorry. Oh, I'm so upset with you right now. I just, it blows my mind every time I see him in this because I'm so used to him from my biggest thing growing up and seeing him was Gilmore Girls. Richard Gilmore. Yes. And now he's in this movie and it's like, you know, because I definitely was into Gilmore Girls and saw that well before I saw this. Yeah. So the first time we popped this movie in, I was like, is that, is that Edward Herman? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited he's in this. We have Bernard Hughes. He plays the grandpa. Jameson Newlander is Alan. Diane West is Lucy. And Alex Winter is Marco, which you have. We actually have his up there. picture on the wall. I don't know. You, you can't, can't see, see it. it. I'm sorry. It's cut off. But anyway, we have a signed photo of him as this character. Yep. That's Marco. That we got from Spookala in December. Yep. So that's some fun trivia for you. Okay. Most of the film was shot in Santa Cruz, California, starting on June 2nd, 1986, and ending on June 23rd, 1986, after 21 days of filming. So in three weeks, they filmed it. That's great. It won a Saturn Award for Best Horror Film in 1987. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. I thought that was pretty cool. This was Corey Haim and Corey Feldman's first film together. Really? Did you know know that? that. No, I did not. So yes, this is their first official film together, which marked the start of their popular 1980s trend of the two Corys in which they were constantly starring together in a lot of teenage films. 
I think they were best friends off screen. I believe, yeah, and then, that's um, the story. Mm-hmm. Then that relationship soured. Yeah, I mean, but there was a lot going on. Those poor kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all know it's not the it's a tragic story. So right. Yeah, there was a lot happening behind the scenes. That's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, now in the opening credits, if you look, it reads introducing Alexander Winter as Marco. Okay. However. He was um, not, this was not his first film. His first movie was actually Death Wish 3 in 1985. This was not his first movie. And if you guys think that name sounds familiar, Alexander Alex Winter, it's because he is Bill in Bill and Ted. Yes. Just in case for those of you who maybe didn't remember that or I don't know. We we know this well, but (laughs) yeah, I just want to throw that out there. So going back to his name, since we said it was Alexander Winter, not Alex, right? Well, at the time that this film was made, Alex Winter was still registered as Alexander Winter in the union. Joel Schumacher begged him to shorten his name so it wouldn't take up too much space in the titles. Um, but his name couldn't be changed in time. So that's why his full name still made it into the final finished film. And that actually frustrated the director. Hmm. Dog is not getting removed for being too noisy. Too distracting. <laughs> She's done. I'm She's sorry, guys. She's kicked out. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So we just covered Alex's name. All right. Timmy Capello is the oily saxophone player on the dock. This was his lucky break, because let me tell you, mm-hmm. we go to a lot of horror cons, right? And this guy is always there mm-hmm. signing autographs. He's going to be at Spookala. Yeah. In, okay, in October, I was going to say, I thought it was Spookala. Yep, he'll be there. And you're right, he made a name for himself by playing in the touring band of Tina Turner during her comeback tour in the 1980s as well. I did not know that, but I knew this is probably his only movie and he's in the horror community sucked it up. Very popular because of this. Yes. Very mm-hmm. much so. Yep. If you put a picture of him, what he looks like before and after, mm-hmm. he looks so different mm-hmm. from what this is probably how old is this movie? 20 years old? 1987. Or 1987. So it's, it's a old. bit more. It's a bit older than that. But I don't want to get into how old it is because that was when I was born. So so I'm slightly older than this movie slightly yes all right in max's video store you can see a single copy of the goonies from 1985 which also starred corey feldman i did not know that yes i'll have to go back and rewatch that Mm -hmm. the monsters is alluded to twice when michael first goes to hang out with the vampires there's a monsters poster behind david and the infamous it's the attack of eddie munster line yes and Edward Herman was actually in the Munsters remake as well. So there's lots of tie into the Munsters. That's fun. Shout out to Butch Patrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every great time guy. We, every time we see something that has to do with the Munsters, I always shout him out. Yes. Great guy. Yes. Super he was nice. Eddie Munster mm-hmm. in the original Munsters. So he was. big shout out to him. Yep. We're going to try to get him on the podcast. I think that'd be great fun. But we're going to watch the Munsters first. Yes. And then, then get him on. I'm yep. sure he'll do it. Mm-hmm. So this movie invented the phrase vamp out, right, which has passed into common usage in the TV series Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, so this is where they first used it. Yeah. 
thought that was The vampires, like the makeup Mm -hmm. carried over into Buffy. Yep. That's why they look like that. Yep. And I believe I have something about the makeup here in a second too. Yeah. In the documentary Blood Sucking Cinema from 2007, Corey Haim said that all of the blood had glitter in it to give it a shimmering effect and was slimier than other fake blood. Wow. So slimy blood. There you go. Fun fact for you. So the original design inspiration for the 80s vampire that we know and love today was none other than an old faded photograph that Greg had kept from the past. I had a newspaper clipping from years before that was faded. It was a blonde tennis player, good looking with really good bone structure. And it was faded to the point where it had these kind of shapes on the forehead and bumps on the cheeks. So that's that's how we came up with the design. For the vampires. Yes, for the vampires. That's pretty cool. Yeah, who knew? And the vampire prosthetics were manufactured in foam latex, which was the best best method at that time back in the 80s. I think that's how they did Buffy too. That may be, not yeah. sure. For coloration, we used Pax paint on foam latex because that's all we had. And they sculpted the prosthetics and even ran all the foam in the beginning. Um, basically like they'd have to bring it um, to set, you know, right. whenever they, yeah, they'd have to run it over to set when they needed it. Um, aside from emphasizing the facial contours, the eyes were the most important elements in the finished look. Um, so they had those contact lenses that were like glowing and red mm-hmm. and creepy. So they wanted to design makeup and the look around the lenses because that's the main focus right. of the face. So I thought they did a great job in that. In the scene where Sam and the Frog Brothers take Marco while he sleeps, they are pursued by the rest of the vampire gang as they try to escape back in the daylight. David grabs Sam's leg, but Sam manages to drag David's hand into the sunlight where it catches fire. A tear then slides down David's face as he clutches his hand in agony. Apparently, the tear running down his face was actually caused by Kiefer's contact lenses. So Uh that wasn't scripted. And they were stinging his eyes so bad that his, you know, he started tearing up. Um, But they kept it in the final film because they thought it looked really good and was fitting the context of the scene. Right. So there you go. There's a. You see him like he's pulling him and he's like, tonight, Mm -hmm. tonight. And it did. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most iconic scenes in this Mm -hmm. movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. There you go. And Sutherland actually broke his right wrist, right wrist while doing a wheelie on his motorcycle. And he had to wear gloves on set so he could conceal the cast. Really? Yep. And his motorcycle for the movie was adapted so that he could operate it with his left hand only. That's pretty cool. Well, when you're in Hollywood and you have millions of dollars, they have that. That's what they do. During the climax of the film, Edgar Frog states that when a vampire bites, it's never a pretty sight. Some yell and scream, some go quietly, some explode, some implode, but we all will try to take you, but all will try to take you with them. Yep. So he talks about that, right? So all the vampires follow these deaths. Exactly. Marco, when he's staked by Edgar, screams as he dies. Yep. Paul dissolves in a bathtub of holy water and it causes the plumbing in the house to implode. Mm -hmm. Dwayne and Max blow up and then David dies very quietly with minimal struggle. You know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there you go. 
the new location of the Atlantis Fantasy World comic book store, which was featured in the film, is owned by Joe Ferrara II, who still carries the original number one issue of Vampires Everywhere that Sam reads in the film. Really? The comic was created only for the film, and its opening page is signed by all of the cast members from the movie. That's pretty cool. And if you stop by, he will let you take a photo with it free of charge. Really? That's yeah, pretty I cool. That was really cool that you could get a photo with it and he doesn't charge for that. It's so nostalgic. Mm-hmm. You're just like, wow. And every year at the landmark Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, the film is screened as part of the park's free summer movie series. That's that's how iconic mm-hmm. this movie is. Yes, for sure. So that's what I got for trivia for you. So... I know you love this movie. You're up watching this movie. Yeah, I grew up. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this as a kid at all? No. So you watched it the first time with me. Yes. What did you think of it when you first watched it? I mean, it's a fun movie. So this one, it's very 80s. Very, yeah. So the Goonies is 80s, right? But this one, because the kids are older, they're teenagers, it's the music in it in mm-hmm. particular like those scenes of how about the music is just so 80s and i love it it's just i don't know the vibe of a good 80s mo- uh, movie with that type of like electronic you know yeah mu- you know that synthesizer music and yeah. all that it just adds so much fun to the vibe and it's it hits it's, it, it hits hard yeah being on the same beat exactly and it's you know this movie like they said it's like a horror comedy it's got funny bits in it it doesn't take itself overly seriously as a movie when you first watched it did you get did it scare you at all um i don't remember really being scared honestly by the movie it's you know um i guess because like i said it's got those fun elements to it right that kind of adds to the 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 like a little bit of that 80s cheesiness but it's in a good way like okay. it's it's a lot of good stuff in the movie not not too over the top with either side what was your favorite part in the movie like if you had to say mm, i do like when they're trying to catch um edward herman's character um max uh-huh. and the kids are at the table and they're like trying to figure out if he's a vampire so they they hand him the the what is it the, the parmesan the garlic and it's just uh, he uh, goes to eat it and he freaks out and they think they caught him and he's just like no it's like pure garlic and his mom's like how did that happen so confused and then they dump the water on him the holy water uh-huh. that they try to pretend as an accident it's pretty funny watching them try to trying to out him as a vampire and then the mirror thing when they just like come up in his face yeah. <laughs> with it I I do like that scene. That does make me laugh. Um, Their mom is so naive in that. What are you you guys doing? No. What are you even doing? No. And then it's so funny that they're they're right the whole time. You just don't realize that he's the head vampire. Right. I wonder why, looking back on it, those tricks didn't work on him. Is that because he's the head vampire? I read something about it. It was because, like, he was invited into the home. So those little, like ways to get rid of him uh-huh. didn't work because he was invited in or something okay i did read that someplace i can't remember that's where. one one of the things i always wondered like if he he is a vampire why wasn't this working yeah so that makes sense yeah i think it's just because he got invited into the house and so those little tricks that would normally be able to stop him were not because he was officially like a guest and invited in 
right to the house michael was like i'm when he's walking in and michael's going out he's like well you're the man of the house i'm not gonna go in until you invite me yeah not knowing reason why he did that is because he's a vampire and he needed to be invited in and it's very very clever Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie he's like i didn't invite you this time max Mm -hmm. when um michael's all vamped out yes and that's when you actually see Michael as, as a, a vampire. vampire. Yes. And I, the transformation to like the scene where they're in like the, the little um, like nest of mm-hmm. vampires and they're messing with his brain. Right. With you're the food e- you're and eating everything. maggots. Yes. And they keep like screwing with him that way. That's a good scene. But right after when they get him to drink the blood, so then he's going to turn mm-hmm. into a vampire and it like, it sucks you know if you think about it because he doesn't know what's happening to him but it's kind of funny watching him like slowly change over right you know like he's wearing the sunglasses and his brother's like what's your problem you know and you're he's sleeping all day and then when we finally get to that scene where he's like outside the window yelling at his brother yeah it's like scary but funny too at the, right. at the same time that's why i like it no absolutely mm-hmm. um one of the one of my favorite scenes is mm-hmm. uh when they're flying over uh they're flying over the the theme park and the song uh don't cry for me little sister comes on mm-hmm. i that is one of the most iconic songs mm-hmm. in this movie yeah. because it just hits at the right, right time right beat it even has the right energy in the scenes it makes things come alive mm-hmm. and so yeah that's a good one i i think i heard that when they were shooting they just shot like b-roll of the actual town and got people in it so mm-hmm. the first when it's when they're coming into town and it's like um when you're strange mm-hmm. faces come out when you're mm-hmm. strange that's all b-roll of people mm-hmm. that actually lived in the town mm-hmm. that's at that, cool. that time wow that's fun so this movie actually brought a lot of tourism to, to santa, Sa- cruz. santa cruz I, I want to keep saying Santa Carla, but it's Santa Cruz. No, it's Santa Cruz. That's the real name of it, but mm-hmm. in the movie, it's Santa Carla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the opening, too, when they're at the carnival. Mm-hmm. I, the lighting and then the the way that you can just tell, like, something sinister is going on, but you don't quite know what's going on with the, that group right. to start. But I don't know, something to do with the lighting and the carousel and the way they're walking. And then right. I guess, yeah, like the music and all that. I do like the opener, too. I think that's a good introduction to them as characters. When you first get into it and they're all these wanted are uh, wanted, not wanted, but missing, missing post- posts, posters. Yeah. And you're just like missing, missing, missing. Mm-hmm. Then you start to realize, OK, maybe you're, you're moving to not a great place Mm -hmm. but in the movie his mom their mom was broke and so they she had no other choice but to go with the grandpa right i saw this theory online too where everyone was saying that the grandfather is also a vampire and that's why he does all that weird turks taxidermy stuff and goes out at night and didn't seem bothered by all this mayhem going on that's, I think that would be pretty cool. That's I read that someplace and I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, that's an interesting theory that the grandfather was also a vampire. What do you think of the Frog Brothers? They were, oh my gosh. It's so funny to me because they're supposed to be so serious. Right. You know, and telling him what's going on. And you don't really know what's happening in this town and you need to read this. And This could save your life. Exactly. And, and I think they were, I read somewhere that Corey 
because you know like he talks in like that weird deep voice that right. he was um trying to be like i think they were saying stallone okay is who he's trying to to emulate okay. with that voice and it just makes me laugh like how serious and he's trying to deepen his voice when he's talking to him and i love the frog brothers i think that they really added something to the movie it kind of gave it more of a comic relief Yes. Like, oh, yeah, it's a serious movie and it's supposed to be a horror movie, but there's a funny side to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I think the whole cast meshed well together. Yeah, I feel like they did. And they actually conveyed this is what it'd be like if you mm-hmm. lived in a town full of vampires. Full of vampires, yes. Mm-hmm. This isn't the only movie in the series. No, we'll be watching the other ones too. So, mm-hmm. But by far, most people don't know about the other two. There's Mm -hmm. two in the in the Lost Boys series Mm -hmm. and Corey Haynes is the only uh, one to actually carry over. Right. Actually, the other frog brother was made an appearance in the last one. Okay. But there's an old whole plot line with him and Mm -hmm. I don't want to give that away until we get there. Yeah, we'll be watching it. So, yes. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, I just had a, a thought and I scared it away from you. Yeah, I think you just distracted me when they in the beginning of the show, like when they're walking on the Ferris well and uh, the, the security, the carousel, yeah. uh, the security guard comes up and he's like, I thought I told you to stay off the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. we'll get out of here. And then they get their revenge mm-hmm. at that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, right. And I was, I know I was going to say the, the twist too, with Edward Herman being in charge of them, because they do have one interaction, right? Edward mm-hmm. and the, the kids, but you think he just thinks they're like menacing troublemakers, you know, not anything super specific. And then you find out later when he's just like, oh, you know, you know, my boys or my friends or what boys will be boys. Yeah. They, they are getting into trouble and you kind of realize then what happened I did like that twist too. I thought that was when they a good walked time. in the video store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and they walked in the video store yes, and they're and like, "He's telling them to get out." And you just think it's because everybody doesn't like them because they're they, right. they're troublemakers. But nope. You know that means he would have had to come to that town originally, right? Mm-hmm. And turn all these kids mm-hmm. and give them the rules. Be like, "You don't know me. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. This is our system." Right. You got to follow this to a T. And I think, I think the, the, all the group knew who he was, mm-hmm. not just David. Right. So they can understand that. But mm-hmm. I feel like they would come in just to, you know, it's like your dad saying, don't do this. And you go off and do something do it anyway. That's, yeah. that's why I feel like they came into the video store mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe in the behind the scenes, they're like, yeah, you should be doing this to mm-hmm. kind of so I can keep an eye on you, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So I, I, from start to finish, it was great. Yeah. Like there's a not a story. down plot in the whole movie. No, no boring parts at all. And all the build up, like I said, build up with Michael when he's slowly turning and you're realizing what's happening. And his brother finally reaches out to the frog brothers. Cause he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, I guess you were right. My brother's turning into a vampire. Um, and 
I, I don't know. And then that whole tie in with the mom and the boyfriend yeah. and they think he's a vampire and then decide he's not the vampire. And then it turns out he was the head vampire and they were right all along. It's just, you know, trying to keep up with it and yeah. Yeah. And keep track of it. But yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie, you right. know, and like you said, it has some serious moments and it has some fun moments. And then I still just will never get over the, the soundtrack. It's just, yeah, awesome. if you haven't seen the lot or heard the Lost Boys soundtrack, I'm sure it's on uh, Apple or, or Spotify, Spotify or, or something. Yeah. Go check it out because mm -hmm. there's not a bad song on it. No. And I actually, I'm more of a hip hop person, so I don't like that kind of music all mm -hmm. the time. But that one, I can stick it on and not skip a track. Mm -mm. No, it's great. It's so much fun to listen to. Um, so yeah, it's just a classic, classic movie. And it's sad that they took so long to make a second yeah. movie for it. I think there's going to be a reboot to it. Mm, I've heard that. I've heard that they're actually casting for, for it. Hmm. But right now, we'll keep going. But I want to talk about the strike here in a second. Mm -hmm. sure. But um, yeah, they it's just great when they're one another iconic scene in the movie is when Michael is hanging out with them and uh, he's trying to bring star to go get something to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they're driving and they're like, do you know where this on their motorcycles? Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're, he's trying to race David yes. and he's gone, doesn't know that he's going to go over a cliff. Yes. And then at the last minute he knows it and he, pulls his bike off at mm -hmm. the side and he's like what the hell are you trying to do man mm -hmm. just you just you but i think he my thinking of that scene i think he david was like this guy has some balls that's why they wanted to turn that's him that's why they, they that's why he was him. yeah i think that's why they didn't feed off of him because he wanted well, to compete with them and then i thought that the uh max had made a comment too when he was finally revealed at the end of the movie because he wanted the mom as his like bride uh -huh. vampire whatever because he makes some comment about that's why he sent his lackeys to change michael and he mentions i think they're gonna change both the brothers at some right. point he says right so i don't know what order it mm -hmm. really really happened in you know as far as making those decisions but it really sounds like max said to go for mac or to go for michael right and convert him but right. they probably were testing him out because like you said they don't there's no way they 100 listen right to max so they probably were trying to challenge him to see if they were going to follow through with what they were supposed to do right or just kill him and be like he's Oops, like in the movie he's like i can't beat your bike you don't have to beat my bike michael you just have, you, you just have, have to, to keep, keep up, up. Mm -hmm. there are so many iconic lines mm -hmm. just like that one mm -hmm. how far are you willing to go michael Mm -hmm. that's another one yeah Kiefer does a great job yeah as a, a creepy vampire another another thing is is after they're they're done messing with them they eat the Chinese food they go on the bridge the bridge I was just gonna say that oh that scene and they're like what are we <sighs> what's going on mm -hmm. Michael wants to know what's going on and then um Alex Winter's character he's like goodbye Michael and he Drop. jump drops and yes. he's holding down and then Michael's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. And then everybody does. Yeah. 
And then when Michael goes down, he doesn't jump. He kind of slides himself yes, off. Yeah, That's what I would same. do. Just like gently. <laughs> and then David's like, let go. You're one of us. You're one of us. Mm -hmm. And I would be scared too. I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, here it is. Mm -hmm. But he just ended up going. Do you ever wonder how that scene worked? Like he dropped and he ended up being in his bed. It's just, I couldn't tell if that was meant to be another one of those like, they're in his mind messing with him and it wasn't really the way it was. Yeah, that's what, what I was I thinking assume. too. Like that was another one of those, like the way they mind meld everything or just like later when it seems like all those cars are coming I was and they just look out and there's not really anything. They're yeah. like uh, when uh, or the motorcycles. motorcycle, yeah. like he's going to try to go get the into the bath and he's mm -hmm. like, Michael, don't open the door. Don't open the door. And then he opens the door and it's quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so mm -hmm. exactly. I think it's funny when um, he finds out his brother's a vampire. He's like, look at you. You're a goddamn bloodsucker. Like in the mirror. <laughs> yes. I thought that was pretty he funny. Stated, yes. So what did you think of Nanook, the dog, the, the husky? Oh, he's so cute. Yeah. But I, I thought it was interesting that when Michael started kind of freaking out freaking a little out. bit and he was starting to go after his brother, the dog was like, no, no bitch. No. I see you for what you really are. You're not going to do that. And right. we're standing up to Michael to, you know, and I, the little mislead too, where you think like he did something, the dog and the dog actually just attacked him. Right. That was... He's like, what the hell did you do to my dog? What mm -hmm. the hell? And he's like, I, I so didn't, mad I him. didn't attack him. This is my blood. Yeah. But that's when Michael was, vamping out if yep. you'd say and mm -hmm. he was going after his brother yeah so that's it, what the dog should have done and his dog was like not today satan mm -mm. and no. he got him and then there's max's dog right yes, where they're talking about how the hounds of hell yes the hounds of hell protect the head vampire and he has yeah and yep. do you, keep in mind max's dog is a white german shepherd mm -hmm. you know that did you notice that i did yes so mm -hmm. we yeah. have two german shepherds that's we why yeah that's why we're bringing that up two german shepherds so yeah but he that dog was a little scary but it doesn't help that the mom was like screaming and frantically running away just like becoming the prey yeah the dog. yeah yeah when she was running when she's like oh my god oh my god yeah that that's an iconic scene and how max is just like oh sorry yeah like, why didn't you come out max exactly why didn't you come out exactly Don't you wonder hmm. that's a question i would have asked him where the fuck were you exactly i'm 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 here getting chased by your dog and mm -hmm. you're just where were you at mm -hmm. well he, he he for max's benefit or lie he could have been like oh i wasn't even home yeah i know Exactly. Oh, I was at the video store or something know. like that. But we know the audience really knows yeah, what they were doing. Sleep during the day, yeah. So I think it's funny when um, the the night, the day they're getting all their supplies and everything, they run into the church mm -hmm. to fill up their water guns with oh my uh, gosh, holy yes, water, and so somebody's getting funny. somebody's either getting married or it's a baptism. I thought it was a baptism. It was a baptism, but yes. But they had the holy water like basin in the back. And, and they're, they're just filling up their guns, yes. their water guns. And people are just like, um. And they're all just staring at him like, like what? What the fuck are you guys doing what in here? Guys, what? What's happening? Oh, that is really funny. I did like that scene too. So that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And then Edgar Frog, he's like to uh, the brother, he's like, kill your brother. You'll feel better. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always thought that, that always, was funny. Yeah, that did make me laugh when um, they were trying to discuss, like, what are they going to do about Michael? And they're, the whole answer was, yeah, you got to stake him. And he's like, no, <laughs> I no, don't want to kill him. I do not want to kill my brother. But they were straight up like, you know, listen, if he does something, I'm going to fucking We're going to get you. I'm letting you know I'm going to murder your brother. So if he does something to me, he vamps out, as they're saying. Like, he's done, and I have no qualms with killing your brother, just as a heads up on this entire ordeal. I I think it's funny, because after the cave, after they're done, like, getting pulled, Mm -hmm. they're like, they put Star and Hattie in the car, Mm -hmm. and then Michael's there, and then uh, Corey jumps in the the, uh, driver's seat, Mm -hmm. and then the Frog Brothers are like, oh, we don't ride with vampires. And he's like, (laughs) fine, stay here. And they're like, wait a minute, we do now. Hold we on. do now. Now we'll go. Now and we'll I, go. I love how they took the grandfather's car too, and they're just basically like, "Hey, we're borrowing your car," and the grandpa's just like watching them. Watch them going down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as they're wanting to, hey, grandpa, can we borrow your car? As you're driving down, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that made me laugh. In the in the first scene, they're like, he wants to take Corey to. Uh, town he's like okay let's go to town and then they get in start the car and he's like up that's it and he's like that's as far as i'd like to bring this to town (laughs) exactly well so when they would i can only just imagine being like oh can i borrow your car and as it's going down being like these goddamn kids what what are they thinking like what the hell guys oh that was too too funny yeah i really enjoyed that the grandpa's always giving uh the the brother all the the woodwork he does for the owls and everything like that the taxidermy the taxidermy stuff what did you think about that so creepy that's why i kind of like the theory when they're like oh he's a vampire and that's why he's like always got these like dead animals and the taxidermy thing i think that's funny because i was like it's like when he had that whole room yeah no thank you and then he would give it give him he gave him an owl it just like popped up in his room because he woke up and it was just like yeah oh no i i think that's where i would draw the line too it's a bit creepy so out of all the vampire deaths at the end which one i was just thinking do you think was the best best one okay so like it's hard for me to pick because i really liked the stereo one and i actually read that took them like a week to film the exploding stereo scene i can understand that yeah that i mean that was a lot of fun just because there's a lot of sparks and stuff but I probably would pick, because it's so gross, the bathtub Me too. blow up because of the exploding, yeah. like, oh. Me it too. Was so disgusting. And that's like a classic horror, like. Yeah, you gotta ugh. be, you gotta have blood and yes. guts and carnage. It was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably the one I would end up picking. I think it's cool that Michael was able to take Max. He's supposed to be this, like, head vampire and everything yeah. like that and michael ends up Still one defeating him mm-hmm. but to the credit his grandfather did help him out mm-hmm. but i always wonder i'm just like how does his grandfather know that they're actually in the house because if you see in the earlier scene she was gonna go see widow miss the widow johnson he was leaving and he's like anything we can do for uh aftershave and he used windex yep mm-hmm. and so but that adds to the theory that he's also a vampire. So he just like knew they were there. I could see he's that. He's a defected vampire. I could see that. Yeah. I like that. I just like that theory. That's my new like canon. Did you, did you figure that out when you're doing the research for this? 
what oh, i read that yeah yeah i read that and i was like i really like that theory i'm gonna stick with that in my brain from now on so while they're at the house and everything like that and they're all attacking the eddie munster kid starts like wolfing out or vamping out mm-hmm. what did you think about that i mean that was pretty crazy that kid was like freaking out like when they that they would turn somebody so young i mean it, but it's not surprising what do they care? i agree they're i mean you know we've seen that enough in classic vampire stuff they don't care right they just they want think more they think we're giving you immortality yeah and that's not what everybody wants because that's what david said to michael he was like i tried to give you immortality mm-hmm. i tried to make you immortal mm-hmm. and then david's like you tried to make me a killer mm-hmm. and they're and then they're fighting mm-hmm. i like the fact that they uh in, it works for this movie that they can fly I was just gonna say the way they're flying around the room and their battle that was right. really cool I like that mm-hmm. but I like if you were to take that same scenario and go to like the Buffy it I, wouldn't work I don't them. like the fact that they would be able to fly but for yeah, Lost the, Boys yeah I think that really complemented the scene and it complemented the movie mm-hmm. so I was I d- dug that scene. Yeah, I really liked their their battle between right. uh, David and Michael. I thought that was really cool. The way they're flying around. And then again, the music, you're just like, ah, this is an epic thing that's yeah. happening right now. It just adds to it. It was so well done. And again, so much fun to watch and and all of that. But I, I did see, because David gets shoved like on those, it's like antlers. Yeah, right? the antlers. Yeah. So technically then... That wouldn't kill him. He's not a stake. Well, it did go through his heart, though. Okay. But did we see him die? No. Well, we did because um, the mom's boyfriend came over and David was laying there and he took his face and rolled it over and was like, looked at it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed a little ambiguous. All of the other ones like blew up, right? Or, you know, and his was like a bit ambiguous for whether he truly died. So you think David's just out there and about? I mean, who knows? Starting his own vampire colony? Yeah, I mean, who really knows? But and it was just so interesting too when they thought that because they thought David was a vampire, right? When they right. were like, "Oh, it's not Max," and how they killed him, and they're mm. like, "Well, fuck." I don't feel any different. It's the same, you know, only to realize that they had not actually gotten the head vampire yet. That was that was a great reveal, you know, because you think it's the movie's over and it's not over. Right. Not quite. If you have not seen this movie, you definitely it's fun from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I even think I even think young kids could deal with this movie. I mean, yeah, it's got a little bit of gross to it but like the food scene the maggots that's just more like ew you know right i mean the worst scene i really think is like the blown up bathroom yeah nasty vampire thing that's probably the worst scene and that's not like terrible i think one of the good best scenes in the movie is when um uh michael is trying to meet david and he's like if you ever want to see star again follow me and Mm -hmm. then they go to this place and these guys are like hanging out drinking beer and they're all in the tree mm-hmm. and then they all fly and kill these guys mm-hmm. and at the end of it you see uh david or michael and he's 
a vampire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's almost to the point where he's going to make his first kill. Yes. But he's like, now you know what we are. Now you know what, what you, you are. are. Mm -hmm. But you will never grow old, but you must feed. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was kind of iconic to kind of break him into where it, what yes. he was mm -hmm. like to, he fully understands what's going on mm -hmm. the ramifications mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you yeah just so many good like things. the the wine he drank like he's like no it wasn't how much do you think he actually drank of that enough to make him to a vampire i mean when, when i'm when i watch that i'm just like he's not like chugging it but I don't know how much you need to turn into You just into a need to like a sip or something. It must not be very much. Apparently, maybe. I don't know. He had a good amount, so but I was just like he's not like chugging it. Mm -hmm. But I always wondered that like, how much do you really need? I don't know. It's a good question. So, mm. so would you rewatch this movie? Oh yeah, I don't mind watching this one. I think, like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's a good movie. Yeah. And honestly, now that we were kind of breaking it down, I'm surprised it was rated R. I think that's really? because of the killings and the vampires yeah, it just, and everything. I feel like we've seen way worse, but this was also Especially, 80s when they were just kind of, I, I talked about the Pixie Dust Twins with Indiana Jones, but there were less categories for ratings also right. back in the 80s. So that's probably part of it too, was they were just now kind of expanding the the amount, you know, the in between an R and a G. Right. There was like, you know, like not that much to choose from so that may have been part of it too but yeah no i would surely watch this movie over and over i think it's a lot of fun absolutely it gets mm -hmm. you on to the halloween season mm -hmm. everybody says oh michael myers is cool but we yeah like to go branch out i a mean little bit. there's yeah i mean because michael myers the movies can have funny parts and and whatnot but it's it's you're not gonna watch michael myers series for the humor, you know, right, you get right. a little bit more of that in Scream because Scream does a lot of satire things with their, right. their stories. But like, yeah, Michael's like mostly just going to watch him kill some fucking people and and move on with it. But right. this is like a fun. It's got a lot of you humor, know, gross stuff happening in it Horror and, for everybody. Yeah, but it's that's why they call it a horror comedy. And I think it's a great mash yes. of the two. I think they did a great job yeah, with the story too. and the filming and yeah, this is just a great, fun movie to watch. I'm curious when we get in the other two, mm -hmm. I'm wondering why the other cast didn't want to come back. Like, well, I can understand why well, the other Corey didn't. And yeah, he passed. And then, so, yeah. but like uh, Jason Patrick, why he didn't want to come back or the mother didn't want to come back and mm -hmm. kind of give them a more iconic role mm -hmm. in the next one. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah, hope, I'm hoping when you do your research, you'll be something about that. Something about that. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look and see if I can see anything about that before we talk about them. Corey uh, Haynes made, not Haynes, yeah, Corey Haynes made a killing off of these. You know, because he was one of the Frog Brothers. No, Corey Feldman. Feldman, was Feldman the, I'm sorry. Yeah, Feldman was the. Um, right, the but frog he. He kind of kept the franchise going so i'm just yeah because he's he comes back and rocks right. it out yeah so i'm curious why the other cast didn't want to come We're back interested. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah look so let us know what you guys think of the movie yeah do you like this one do you like this you one did you like our breakdown of it what is your favorite scene or favorite line or favorite line character. there's so many iconic lines and characters mm -hmm. you got to just keep up michael do you have a favorite character? 
in this, yeah, I like um I like David. I knew you were gonna say David. I like David. I knew it. And uh I like Marco as well. Because it's Alex. No, I think he plays a good he plays the character well. No, he does a great job. Like yeah, I don't think of Bill or anything when I see he's very believable as a vampire. Mm-hmm. And the way he dressed and everything like that, it's mm-hmm. just so fitting. Yeah. He I think did they, a really good job. They cast this movie super, super well, for sure. Yeah. I really like Michael and his his struggling life. I just like the the evolution and yeah. how he deals with it. And then I really I did like the Frog Brothers too. Just yeah, because they were so silly and they're serious. They're so serious about it. Yeah, they're just I like liked oh, them too. Mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. But the well, let us know your favorite characters. Yes. Let us know what you think of the episode. We're mm-hmm. excited to just watch the other two. We'll get that out to you sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'll try and get our shit together. I I mean, my work schedule is changing. So we're going to have more time. We're going to hopefully, yeah, be able to squeeze this in a little bit more and figure it out because, yeah, things are updating. So, so now what, what do you want to talk about? You said something about this. Yeah. Strike. So what do you think about uh, the writer's strike right now? The writers slash yes. actors. Do the directors make a deal or, or what's they, their deal? They have not yet. Everybody in Hollywood is on strike. Oh my God. Um, okay. So this is one of those. There is three sides, right? I always say that there's three sides to everybody's story and opinions and all of that. Right. Right. And, you know, on the one hand, you have the studios who are like, ah, this shit costs a lot of money, which is very true. We've seen numbers for some of these super high cost shows and I feel like most shows these days it seems like they just have a huge budget to yeah. do things you know like yeah. the networks are throwing money at them which also makes me feel like well are there anything you're trying to produce like that's a little bit less you know expensive, expensive? i think the the climate people expect that certain level of production but here's my thing to a certain extent yes but there's a lot of people if you look at like i love disney right clearly have a whole podcast disney annual pass go to see like all the disney movies i get you right Mm -hmm. i love it but things like marvel and star wars those are very very expensive franchises yes do we need that much stuff no because people are kind of burnt out so you think there's a fatigue when yes. it comes to Marvel. Sometimes, and- like this is just one example. Like you're just doing a little too much, or maybe you couldn't be investing your money and your time in new things, new characters, new storylines. They also love to do reboots. It seems we've been doing constant reboots out there. Well, let me tell you why. Because Hollywood doesn't like to fund ideas that they know they can't get a return on right and i understand that their whole point and is so to make money to continue making content if they do a reboot they already have a built-in audience they already have the blueprint the formula and everything mm-hmm. they already know how much they're gonna yeah. get back mm-hmm. look look think of the movie tomorrow world with george clooney Tomorrowland. We Tomorrowland. Liked that movie. i thought it was great but disney thankfully Disney is still creating movies based off of current IPs they have. Now, see, this is something that I like that Disney is doing. They already have this IP, right? The Pirates was the, the biggest one. It's really the big 
Kickstarter for all of this. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. They have a ride. Mm-hmm. So let's make a movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, that kind of is a jumping point from the ride. That's how that came about. Right. And then they made a huge franchise, and granted, some of the movies were completely garbage by the end. But the very first movie is classic. Love it. Could watch it a million times over. Have watched a million times over. And they've continued that. Tomorrowland was one of those. It was a, you know, I based on it. current IP. We really enjoyed that movie with George Clooney and very sad, but that it, it didn't make a budget. But it was and, an original concept. Yes. And it didn't do well in the box office. No. And so that that's sucks. why it did not get a second, a one. second one. But they didn't give up because they did Jungle Cruise. True. Haunted Mansion is just about to come out. True. So Disney is still doing but, that. But, but this is their own IP. Yes. And so I understand like they have a built in audience. They have a built-in pipeline. They know yeah. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't, studios don't like to lose money. Yes. And that's, this is all a business. Mm-hmm. I know it's the media, but it's a media business. Yes. So and... getting back to the strike, I can see mm-hmm. both sides of it. Mm-hmm. People don't want to be replaced by AI. Mm-hmm. My problem is this, is AI is so new. Mm-hmm. We don't not know where it's going yet. We don't True. know how big it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So the when they're trying to negotiate these topics, these viewpoints, I feel like it's going to be hard because nobody knows where it's going. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I, I see this coming that this is not going to be a short strike. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could carry over until the first of the year or maybe in the middle of the year. Yeah. But what it's really going to hurt them is when the fall shows come up because yeah, now right nothing. now they're selling advertising mm-hmm. to people yeah. and when the fall list of shows come around they're not going to have any actors to say okay let's start production mm-hmm. that's when i think it's going to start hurting the studios yeah but right now it's it's not it, they're just going to let them do whatever they mm-hmm. do yeah. and I see it on Instagram. I see them protesting and whatnot and what have you. Mm -hmm. And I know some of the bigger stars are repping for working actors, not the actors that get the million dollar paycheck. Don't need the money. Yeah. These are actors that um, work from uh, audition to audition. Right. Mm -hmm. And I understand why they're striking, Mm -hmm. but I think both sides are still on the fence like they don't know how big this topic is going to be so i don't think they can come to an end anytime Mm -hmm. soon Mm -hmm. and i believe from this there's going to be a content shortage yeah so guys thank you for tuning into this because we're an independent studio Mm -hmm. we're launching a streaming service we're producing stuff like this so when you guys tune into content like this you're not helping out a billion dollar business you're helping mm-hmm. out an independent studio mm-hmm. i mean we sell shirts we go to horror cons and mm-hmm. everything we do helps our bottom line yeah mm-hmm. so definitely we appreciate that mm-hmm. but the bigger studios they're not gonna they're not going to settle with them Mm-mm. until it really starts hurting them and i know to be fair when you look at some of it like the studio itself needs lots of money right as we said to produce content and then some of the problem is when you look at who runs the companies and these ceos and how much they're making and 
I know there's an argument which you have played the devil's advocate, like to say that they're helping, you know, run the company, right? They show so value sure to the company. Val- there you go, value to the company, the right content, all of that. And I get that. But I still think there's a certain point where like how much money is too much for these people. You right. know what I mean? Like it's a bit ridiculous, especially when there's such a big disparity all across America. Right. And I think sometimes Hollywood and the big executives and stuff are super out of touch with the normal working average American who's helping pay their salaries through right watching the content going to the movies and whatnot and I think that's becoming a big contention point as well like we just talked about Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer okay this is not like a money thing but just like a Hollywood example right we were talking about how his whole thing is the movie was filmed for IMAX 70 right yeah right there's like barely any theaters in the country so like you film this movie for a specific format that most of america cannot go see that movie in the way it was intended right you know what i mean like i'm like okay i guess that's like a cool thing to advertise but what does that mean to most people like i don't care i'm never gonna go see it in that theater because there's no theater near me right to go experience it the way you filmed it like it's little things like that that in general you know now hollywood's a little like yeah out of touch and a i would say rain. yeah that goes with the executives because i know what you're you're just saying like they want to return they want to create content that they're gonna get their money back on and and they don't want to take a risk and all that but there's so many movies out there that go to these film festivals like sundance it's always like a big thing to be picked at sundance right right and those are not big filmmakers they're indie filmmakers right we like to go like zach braff is when i think of Clearly, I'm sure he's well overpaid for everything he does because it is what it is. But he's like an indie, more of an indie director, filmmaker. And we always like his movies and they don't feel over budgeted to me or overproduced. Overproduced, The houses that he uses and the sets, they feel much more like real America, realistic. And those are things I like to see sometimes in a movie versus these like rich fuckers. Like we just watched The White Lotus. Yeah. Binge that. Okay, so the White Lotus, you could tell that they had a, several million of dollars for their budget. And the whole point was these were rich people. Right. That were just completely out of touch with reality. Right. And But it can show from the production design mm-hmm. to the show to the wardrobes, yes. everything. So the whole point is they're making fun of this or whatever they were trying to get the message across about there was rich people and the way they treat others and all that. Okay. But at the same time, like, how much money did you just spend on this entire, like, doesn't it seem like it gets a little lost in translation at that point? Yeah. Like, did you have to, I don't know, it just, it's it's shit like that, you know, where it, it just seems like, okay, if you're all talking about money, and that's what this is coming down to, the CEOs, the people that are running the company, let's be honest, they are paid too much money, some of the actors are paid too much money but that goes for sports stars and stuff you know right. people who should be getting more money are people like teachers and we, right. we all know this that's when not we don't value that as a society no exactly so they're all overpaid not necessarily like you said the working actor there's a difference right but these ones you know like george clooney whatever like come on now like he has so much money he doesn't know what to do with it right that's we should be looking at the the disparity there and then how much are you spending on the show that you didn't really have to? I mean, because there are, like we said, the indie projects where 
they're being more creative in how they have such little money, how do they spend it? And they still manage to produce a film that's worthwhile and valuable without being over the top in the wardrobe and the, you know what I mean? Like maybe you should be taking a look at like what you're doing with your money versus just straight up like, well, we need the money and we're not gonna pay you guys or give you a higher cut or anything. Like, I feel like there's just a big conversation. Well, I I personally, I don't think it's gonna come to ahead anytime soon. Well, you're probably right, like you said. So I will be going out to LA to cover the writers and acting strike. I don't know when yet, but we're working on those details. This package will be available when I say package, I mean episode yeah, will, nobody knows what you're will be about. available on our streaming site. Our streaming site is getting built right now. Currently, I'm licensing all sorts of content for it. So when it launches, you guys will be the first to know. Our videos like this will be on it. The Boogeyman, the Pixie Dust Twins, the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain, mm-hmm. all of our self, ah. self-produced content. And to add to that, don't know the release date, but Robbie has started a new podcast with his right. friend Marvin that they are working on. It's called The Partner Complex. So yes. we take buddy cop movies and break them down. Mm-hmm. So I'm we're working on that. We've uh, recorded a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited to launch that. But that's produced by Limitless Broadcasting, mm-hmm. so that's coming shortly. And they're going to, to our platform. Long episodes based on how long it takes them to fucking record. Right. So just so you know, if you like that kind of banter, you'll love that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also in the works of producing another podcast as well. It's a review show, so. We just want to produce and produce and produce. Robbie just has so many ideas. Right. For things. You're right. You do. Mm-hmm. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. Let us know your thoughts about the strike. Are, do you guys, are you guys, do you understand what's going on with it? Are you guys lost in translation? Mm-hmm. Do you guys get it? What are your thoughts about AI? Do you mm-hmm. use it? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Which you think about it, you probably use it more than you realize. Yeah. Really and truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just those dumb photo apps or TikTok trends. Right. I think there's other AI. There's other AI like driving directions. Yeah, Google Maps. Google Maps. Or Apple Maps. Apple Maps. All AI. So AI I mean, has been in the yeah, society I have for a while. An Android phone, and I'm gonna tell you, like Google probably runs my life right now with things I have set up on it. Right. Between, Notifications. Like every, yeah, editing. it just, yeah, it literally probably runs my life, which not saying that's a good thing, but it is, it is a thing. It's a reality. Yep. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you guys for tuning in and let us know. Yep. And we will see you next time for Lost Boys 2. 2. Yep. I can't remember the, it'll be Lost Boys 2. I don't remember what the actual. I think it's the Thirst. That could be. I can't remember. Or that could be the third one. But <sighs> well, it's some lost boys. Yeah, you it'll know. be the second it's one. It's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. You can't kill the boogeyman. Podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at boogeymanpod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950 Studios and at The Samalam. 
We also have a TikTok at 1950studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week. <laughs>